Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 day right here on ESPN 1000. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down Podcast. All right, a, re- a review of the season, Abdallah. Here we are. Chiefs win the Super Bowl 38-35 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Kansas City gets another Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, another MVP, his second title. And the Eagles really showed, I think, all of us Bears fans watching the game on Sunday that, yeah, a quarterback that plays the way that Jalen Hurts plays, to me, is a lot like the quarterback that we have here in Chicago, Justin Fields. And a quarterback like that can be successful on the biggest stage in the NFL. Because Mahomes is different. He's so great that I don't think he's comparable to what hopefully Justin Fields can be. But I feel like a year ago, we were looking at just uh, Jalen Hurts thinking, can this guy actually get it done? And guess what? Three touchdowns on the ground. He also was able to throw for 300 yards. Jalen Hurts got it done, and it gives Bears fans hope because that hopefully is what Justin Fields will turn into. Well, it, it's a it's a way to confuse defenses, right? Like you want that dual threat because not only is that a recipe for success in my book, like as evident with Jalen Hurts and a couple of like, look, even Josh Allen runs a decent amount. Like you don't, it doesn't have to be Jalen Hurts. It can be. A, there's a bunch of quarterbacks in the league that use their legs and their arm, and I think that we know Fields can use his leg and you know he said it it's been aggregated all over the place that you know he needs to be a better quarterback like he needs to be like a, not a runner like he needs to be a better quarterback and that to me will come with i mean look at just go through the box score of the super bowl right Devontae Smith had seven receptions for 100 yards. A.J. Brown had six receptions for 96 yards. And Dallas Goddard had six receptions for 60 yards. Like, the Bears have one of those. The Bears has, have Cole Komet. And I would say he's better than Dallas Goddard. But other than that, like, they don't have Devontae Smith. They don't have A.J. Brown. They don't have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So, and you saw, even, even the best offensive line in the NFL, Jalen was running around a lot. They brought pressure up the middle a few times, and he had to you know, create something else and run out to the left a lot, to the right a lot. Like, he was moving and trying to make plays, and I feel like that can be what Justin Fields does, but you just have to build around him. Like, that's the like the offseason. We've said it a bunch of times. This is the most important offseason in Bears history. Like, you have to build around Justin Fields. I need to know that he's the guy. I need to know that this he's just not a runner and that he can improve with better weapons. We've seen the flashes. We've seen the complete games. We've seen him progress as a quarterback this season. Get him help, and let's see if he can become Jalen Hurts this season. You know, Jalen Hurts, though, in college, Justin Fields was a better passer in college than Jalen Hurts was. So this isn't some idea that, you know, we're over-the-top pro Bears fans where we only think Fields is going to be successful because he's wearing the navy and orange, right? Like, uh, a lot of this is we saw what Fields did at Ohio State, and it translates the passing down the field, the accuracy outside the numbers, the ability to move with his feet. And that's where what we saw last year, the success that Fields had running the football is exactly what we see from Jalen Hurts. And Fields was a better passer than Hurts in college. So I don't understand why there's any thought that he's not going to be able to develop, especially if Ryan Poles figures out a way Mm -hmm. to protect the quarterback. 
And what I think is more valuable is getting a number one wide receiver. If you get a guy that can always be trustworthy and who can be open on third downs to move the chains, and then also in the red zone, a bigger target, someone who can get open, make a play on the ball, help the quarterback. Justin Fields made enough plays to me in the passing game to signal that this guy with more around him will only get more successful. It's not like he's going to be uh, playing alongside some better players offensively and he's going to be the weak link. I don't think that's the case here. And then also, you know, uh, you could also add in Jalen Hurts, the person, is a leader. Like, he is a a great story. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is a player that has faced some adversity. I know that, like, what what I always find it funny is people say that uh, young quarterbacks – uh, coming into college and then getting to the next level, they like they build it up like there's like they're nobodies, right? Like Patrick Mahomes was a starting quarterback in the Big Twelve. Yeah, like like I get it. He he wasn't the number one guy, but no. some teams thought he w- was, and and he also was a notable face in college football. His final year at Texas Tech, and and the same goes for Jalen Hurts. Like Hurts did face a situation that a lot of starting quarterbacks in college don't really face these days where they stay after they've been demoted. It's become so in vogue the moment you don't have the job to enter the portal and to jump and go somewhere else. Sometimes and, mid-season. And we find, see it mid-season And now. find a landing spot somewhere else. I mean, just look at um, uh, the the former quarterback from USC. Uh, what, what's his first name? Daniels? Uh, he mm-hmm. He didn't get the gig at USC. He jumped in the portal. And I believe in this offseason, he's back in the portal. It'll be his fifth new team in four years because he's gone from portal to team, portal team, portal team. And all he's doing is I think he's going to be a quarterback at Rice. Like he's downgraded at every opportunity. He was at West Virginia for some time. And now he's going to be the quarterback at Rice. Like these kids come into college never facing adversity because they're the best player in their state. Yeah. Their team has never lost a game. And then they get to a college campus, they're immediately told, hey, you might not be the deal. And then they complain because they're soft. And then they go to a different place where they can be the guy. Jalen Hurts stuck around. The reason he left Alabama was because Nick Saban suggested, if you want to get to the NFL, you have to go somewhere else. Yeah where there's a quarterback whisperer who can help you get to the next level. And that's why he left and went to Oklahoma. Well, yeah, that's what's crazy to me about the whole Jalen Hurts narrative. And, like, he is very self-aware, right, about what he wants to accomplish in the NFL. And that was clear from day one at Alabama when he was benched. And then, like you said, he stayed for a year. And, like, there was the... And as as an Alabama fan, I followed this better than everybody. The the day to day, well, Saban saying, well, we'll make a decision before the season starts. Like he waited until, but everybody else, every blog, every newspaper down there, every radio station down there was like, dude, two is starting. Like two is better. Yeah, two is starting. Two is a better fit for this system. Two is also a, a bigger. Um Phenom coming Absolutely. out of high school. He he was the top rated quarterback coming out. But you know out. what you never heard? You never heard, well, Jalen's looking to enter the portal. Right. No. He was like, they're gonna battle and they're gonna figure it out. And guess what? In the SEC championship game, Tua gets hurt and they're losing. And guess who comes in? 
Jalen Hurts is there to come in. They win the SEC championship. They go on. They go to the playoff. They go to the national. Like, Jalen stuck around. And if you listen to him, like, listen to his press conferences early in this, in his first season, you can hear Nick Saban in his, the way he's talking. They beat a team by a decent, I think it was the game against the Lions where they barely won, right? They A bunch of points, right? And he could have easily come out and been like, yeah, we had a fine game as an offense, but you know what? Like, we got a tight He was like, no, we didn't have a, we didn't put ourselves in a position to, to, to win comfortably enough. Like, he, you can hear the Sabanisms in him because he stayed and learned under one of the best offensive minds at the time. Like, like they, they, he put up great numbers when he was there. And then he was benched and he won the SEC championship game. And then, yeah, Saban told him, dude, you can't stick around here. Like, we're going with two again. Like, if you want to go and try to win somewhere, like, go to Oklahoma, go wherever, go be wined and dined. And he ended up at Oklahoma and ended up putting great numbers at Oklahoma and getting drafted by the Eagles. But it's, it's a different breed of athlete that decides to stick it out nowadays in college football because the second you hear I mean there's a billion players in the portal now and a lot of quarterback changes everywhere guys from Michigan don't make it now he's at Iowa or now he's at Notre Dame and now he's over here and this guy's going over here and you mentioned Daniel's going to Rice now and like there's quarterbacks that make moves three and four times while they're at college to try to be showcased because they lose their starting jobs to a, a, a f- incoming freshman or a guy who's been sitting on the bench who looks better in practice and who wins the job at camp or whatever. And for Jalen to stay says a lot because to me, like it's not this, Oh, well I'm going to pout and I need to start. So I'm just going to take my ball and go somewhere else. It's no, I'm going to compete because I think I'm just as good as Tua, if not better. And if I lose the job, I lose the job. And I learn under one of the best coaches of all, the best college coach of all time in Nick Saban. Uh, the uh, the name I was missing was JT Daniels. JT Daniels, and uh, the the st- like JT Daniels is the perfect example for uh, this generation of quarterbacks slash parents being um, trying to set up and control their the future of their their son or daughter mm-hmm. uh, because uh, all the conversation about JT Daniels, he's a Southern California kid. And the conversation around the USC program was that his parents were promised by Clay Helton that if he chose USC, he would immediately be the starter. Yeah. So he gets to campus. He beats out a couple of guys, even though in camp, uh, it's kind of suggested that this unknown four-star recruit, Keaton Slovis, was actually playing better than uh, JT Daniels. So for that season, uh, Daniels is the guy. The following year, Slovis certainly outplayed him in the offseason, and Clay Helton was forced to switch quarterbacks because it was obvious that Keaton Slovis was a better quarterback and immediately JT Daniels put his name in the portal, yeah, transfers course. to Georgia. Of course. Plays at Georgia, gets passed up by another quarterback, jumps in the portal of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, he played there last year. He wasn't very good. No. Now he's back in the portal to Rice. So, like, <laughs> JT Daniels is the perfect example because all the stories around USC was that his parents got a commitment from Clay Helton that that's how they leveraged him going to USC with a promise even though he wasn't the best quarterback on the on the team. So that that's the conversation there. And I, I would also say, you know, with Jalen Hurts, 
Uh, I, I feel like Justin Fields is the same type of makeup of a player off the field as well as far as uh, his mind, his, his uh, ability to connect with teammates, um, everything like that. I feel like Justin Fields will have the opportunities that hurts us. Now it's up to Ryan Poles to kind of figure it out. And with that said, I wanted to say this to you. If you look at what we saw in the Super Bowl, a stat that I like looking at when it comes to defense is opponent's yards per play. Opponent yards per play. In the Super Bowl, we saw the number one defense in the NFL this year, the Philadelphia Eagles, face off against the ninth best defense in the NFL, Kansas City. The Chiefs had a top 10 defense. I get that most of the conversation will be about Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the offense, the schematics, the points, look how open Travis Kelsey is, all this stuff. Their defense was good enough to allow them to win a Super Bowl. And what I would say to that, if you're a Bears fan, I think Fields is the guy, he needs weapons. But if Ryan Poles wants to get this team to a level where they're consistently successful with other great teams in the NFL, defensively, they have to fix that. Last year, the Bears, they were terrible. They were 31st in the NFL in opponent yards per play. So that's got to be objective one with free agency as we count down to free agency on March 1st. They got to fix the defense if they want to compete. It'll be up to fields to take us to the to the next level, right, offensively. But that defense has to get better because look at the two teams in the Super no, Bowl, I, Kansas City and Philadelphia, both top 10 T. I agree with you. I also disagree with you because I agree with you that the defense needs to be fixed. I, it, to me, it's not priority number one this offseason. You have to add to it. Like, I would like them to go out and sign Deron Payne because I believe in the trading back even further where Will Anderson or Jalen Carter won't be available, right? So to me, I, I want them to go out and spend on the defense. Go sign Deron Payne, fill up that, that gap in the middle, and that be your guy. But I want them to spend a decent amount of their draft capital on offense, getting a, a real number one wide receiver. Even if you end up trading back enough and you trade a future first for T. Higgins and you and you have you end up paying him. So you use a draft pick on him from 2024 and you have to pay him so you use some of your cap space on him. The defense, because this it's they're not going to win a Super Bowl next year. They might not even make the playoffs next year. I want to see progress. I want to see them at least go 500. Well, you can't go 500. You know what I mean. A game over 500, a game under 500. I want them to, to be in that seven to eight, nine win range, right? The defense can somewhat wait. You have to build depth. You have to build the line, all that good stuff. You have to build your offensive line and you have to get weapons. But I need to know after next year, because that fifth year option's coming up, I need to know that Fields is the guy. And using all the draft picks or majority of them on defense and using a bunch of money on the defense and not really helping Justin Fields and being like, well, we got Chase Claypool for a reason. Like that, to me, that's not enough because I need to know that this dude is legit because you and I both believe he is. And I mm -hmm. hope that he's the next, you know, paid quarterback and they pick up that fifth year option and they work out a long term deal. And he's here for a long time because he proves he is the guy. But you need to be able to move and pivot if he's not. And so if you add a bunch to the offense, if you basically do what the Dolphins did for Tua and what the Eagles did for Jalen Hurts, then fine. And he ends up not being the guy. Move on. 
move on. You have to. You have to move on. But I need to know by the end of this coming year. And so using some of your money on the defense and building depth and getting that one stud is huge. Using draft picks to shore up, you know, that line is also big too because you can have guys that prove it, you know, that that are, you know, second, third round guys that can prove it on defense and say, hey, because if what I want happens and they trade back a couple times and they get a bunch of draft picks, you can get, you can add a ton to this team. Oh, yeah. But going out and getting Jalen Carter and getting Deron Payne and then adding all the, like, to me, that's not priority number one. Priority number one is the offense. Because the, because, I want them competing for the playoffs and in the playoffs in two years. Next year is get better and prove to me that you're like that next best team. Like, I want the end of the year to be like, guys, 2024, the Bears are going to be a problem. Like, the Vikings are down. Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC North. The Lions come back down to earth or they're still fine, whatever. I want them to, I want people to be saying they're going to add to this defense. They got a bunch of picks in the first round. They got three first round picks in 2024 because they traded that first overall pick in 2023. They're going to have a haul coming to them and people can watch out because now that they've got the offense established, they're going to establish the defense and 2024 is the year to make the playoffs and win a couple play one or two playoff games. Next year, I just want to see improvement, and that's why I think you put them. They spent all the draft capital on defense last year, and Velas Jones, and so now I want to see address the offense, prove to Justin that you believe in him, and not just with Chase Claypool. Like you have to do more than just Chase Claypool for him. I I could argue with you though. The offense was good enough to compete, but not not looking, without going through each and every game. The no, offense no. did score enough and move the football enough to compete. The, their problem was uh, last possession situations where you knew that they had to pass. The offensive line couldn't stand up, and then also like receivers couldn't get open. But that's so, the point. How, they lost the they game because in, Darnell Mooney couldn't make a catch. But they were in contention to win those games. Okay, they were. But like having, a, you could you could also equally argue that a better defense would not put you into those situations. They could. And but a better offense, if you have the ball at the end of the game, like they did in so many of those games, I want better weapons out there. I want T. Higgins out there. I want, you know, uh say Flowers out there. I want Quentin Johnston out there if they can get him. Like I want those type of players out there on offense with two minutes left and Justin Fields has the ball in his hands. That's what I want. I don't want to rely on a defensive stop. That'll happen. I'm not saying don't I'm not saying ignore the defense. You have to be deep. You have to add depth. You got to do all that. I'm not you can't address everything in one offseason. My priority is offense this year. There's nothing wrong with addressing the defense too. I just have question marks with Justin Fields and I'm sure they do too. They think he's the guy, but still, you got to know and that you need to build for him for this year because there can't be any excuses after this season. Bluck and Abdallah, check out our show weeknights, 6 day right here on ESPN 1000. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, we talk Bears football and the NFL with you here on the Bear Down Podcast. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on the Bear Down Podcast.